So follow with me and bear with me because usually I have all my scriptures in place and so we blow right through it, but now I've got to now I've got to find them, and I'm doing that on purpose. I don't know. I don't know why God wants me to minister this, but it's for somebody. I don't, I don't know. I don't know why, but it's for somebody, or maybe for everybody, or maybe it's for me. Who knows? You just do what He says. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter five. I have no title for this message other than. Righteousness. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. If anyone is in Christ, verse 17 again, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Old things are passed away, behold, all things have become new. Old things are passed away, and behold, everything has become new. Now, all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling or bringing the world back to himself through Jesus Christ. What Adam and Eve lost in the garden, God brought it back. What Adam and Eve lost in the garden for mankind, through Jesus Christ, it was brought back. That's what he was doing. That was his whole plan. God so loved you and I that he gave the best of heaven. He so loved that he gave. He so loved that he gave. Not imputing our trespasses against us. And he's committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us We implore you in Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. That we might become right with him. Because of what he did. He knew no sin, but he took all sin on himself. He didn't deserve any of it, but he took it all on himself. That we could be right with God. You have the ability and the wherewithal within you to make right choices every day because you are right with God because of what He did, not because of how good you are. But because of how good He is, He empowers us to be right. Not just to be right by faith but to be right every day in the choices and the decisions that we make because of what He did.
Romans chapter 1. And verse 16. <clears throat> Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. As I read this, I'm going to go back and forth with what we just read in 2 Corinthians 5. <clears throat> Paul said, I'm not ashamed in Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed of the good news, uh, in other words, of what he's accomplished. And I feel like that my study in this passage right here that I did for many years, the word ashamed there is, can kind of be taken wrong. I, I get what it's saying, but as it's translated out, it's um, sometimes we can take that like, like Paul's saying, I'm not ashamed to share the word with someone else. That's not really what's being said here. Paul said, I'm not ashamed, or I'm, I'm, I don't, I, I, I'm not timid or holding back from pursuing what Christ did. And in 2 Corinthians 5 that we just read, it said, that is in verse 19, 2 Corinthians 5, 19, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, but has committed to us the word of reconciliation and Christ, who knew no sin, took the sin so we could be right. And Paul's saying, over here in Romans 1, I'm not ashamed of that. I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not holding back in pursuing that. I'm not ashamed of what the gospel, the good news, has done for me, how it's empowered me, what it's, what, what it's accomplished for me, and as it, in turn, what I'm doing is I'm pressing into that more than I ever have. Notice what he said in the, in the rest of this verse 16 and, and verse 17. For in it, in the gospel, this proves kind of what I'm saying here, in, in it, the power of God to salvation for everybody who believes to the Jew first, also to the Greek. So that means everybody. God doesn't desire for any to perish, but everybody to come to the saving knowledge. And salvation doesn't just mean, you know, exiting this earth and having a ticket to heaven. That's part of it. But it means being healed, delivered, set free, and a new mind. All of it together, a new mind, thinking correctly, 
understanding in a correct way what Jesus actually paid for. Because I'll just say this. You can be born again. You can show up here. You can show up at church. You can do the things that you're supposed to do. But day to day, how do we react to every issue and situation that comes our way? When we're not reacting like God would want us to, then you can interject that word ashamed. I'm not... valuing what he did for me the way I should. Because if I valued that, I'm not giving in to ungodly situations day to day that I find myself in. Remember, he, he, he has liberated us and cleared us from walking and living in false humility and thinking because of my past I'm not qualified to walk in the truth and all that God has done for me. He said, he said, any man who is in Christ is a new creation. Old things are passed away. What old things is he talking about? Five minutes ago. Everything is brand new. When? Now. Now. No, no, no. Now. Five minutes from now. Now. An hour from now. This afternoon. Later today. Tomorrow. That's the now. That's the right now. Old things are passed away, but everything is brand new right now. And he wants us empowered and not ashamed of what is in the truth of God's word. That's why... As you hear me say, probably every message, I'll work it in somewhere. That's why a daily routine in God's Word is so vital. Because if you're ashamed or you're not valuing what He did, He who knew no sin took all of your sin, all of your sickness, all of your idiotic attitudes and things in life, He took it all on Himself and didn't deserve a bit of it. As I said last week, I'm very glad that Jesus didn't get what he deserved. Because if he would have got what he deserved, you and I would have been damned to hell. Father, if there be any other way in the garden, you remember the statement, if there be any other way, yet not my will, but yours be done. In that moment, the Father's and Jesus' will were not the same. I've had people tell me that's impossible. Then why did it say that? You can go study it in any translation you want to. You can divide it, discern it. You know, look for every translation of what is being said right there. What it was said was Jesus' will and the Father's will in that moment were not the same. And what did he do? He didn't choose himself. If he chose what he could have chosen, you and I would have been damned to hell. But he chose the Father's will. Whew. He chose the Father's will. That means he chose you. 
Before you even were, he already knew what you would be like. And he chose you in spite of you. So we can't be ashamed of the power that there is in the gospel of Jesus Christ because he's created us right, right now. We're righteous right now. We're the righteousness of God now, but we're becoming the righteousness of God in our lives here. Spiritually, that's who we are. And we get a hold of that spiritually in a greater way than it affects our righteousness here because righteous people do what's right. Righteous people do what's right no matter what they're up against. Verse 17. For in it, in the gospel, in the truth, in the good news, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. You know what I just told you about what God's been speaking to me as I've been preaching? Well, I just preached once on that message, right? Yeah, I've just preached once on the, on the, on the uh, 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 what is it? A Grateful Life, yeah. I've only preached once on that. And you would think, since I've preached on that for 25 years at least, Maybe not every single year, but most years. And I've given challenges like I've given in that series. You would think that there wouldn't be really anything else for me. Right? I mean, a lot of people think that way. Well, you know, he, you, you, I mean, if, you, if you've preached it, if you've studied it, if you've this. But he said, when I value the gospel, the truth... And I don't take lightly in my life how he says I need to grow. Then he said, in the truth that you already know, you find things out that you've never seen before. See, a lot of people get bored with the truth because they think they know it. The Apostle Paul said, if any man thinks he knows anything, let him think he knows nothing as he ought to know it in the love of God. So every day... As I'm valuing the truth of God's Word, in it, the righteousness of God is revealed to me from what? From, from one faith journey and experience to the next, if I'll allow that to happen. God won't force you into developing faith day to day. He won't force you. But when you value the Word and then you have the Word and you believe the Word when you face situations that are difficult or it seems like you can't overcome and then you draw from the Word, what you're doing is you're putting faith in God's Word. You're saying that the Word of God is final authority to settle everything that I face. And when you do that, you're understanding the way God thinks and His righteousness, His way of doing and operating. That becomes more a part of you than it ever has been before. He paid for that. That at Calvary. He didn't just reserve our ticket to a, that, that, this real place that heaven is. He did that. But now he's empowered us 
to live a life on this planet like we're in heaven. But I have to value. Paul said, I'm not ashamed. I'm valuing the good news of of God's word because the way I think stinks, the way he thinks (laughs) is glorious. It's precious. It's beyond words, the way he thinks. I'm telling you today, what he paid for, how he empowered us, and how he's positioned us, has now placed us to where we can overcome in anything that we face. Why? I am the righteousness of God in him. Amen? I'm becoming righteous day to day. Why? Because I value the word and in my faith journeys from faith and one faith experience to the next faith experience to the next faith experience, I'm purposing not to let that fall to the wayside and I I walked by faith, I got some victories and now I got it. That's where you lose. That's where you lose in this life. You lose in this life when it's not from faith to faith. Can you say amen? Matthew chapter 6. Verse 31, you know the, most of you know the, the passage here and Jesus, this is Jesus talking about not being concerned about your body, not being concerned about what you're going to wear, where you're going to live. In other words, what he's talking about are the cares of this world. Um, the other account of this in, um, in Luke, he we read this during our kingdom series. He talked about the fact that our Heavenly Father knows everything that we have need of in life. He knows what you and I need. But if we seek His way of thinking and operating on a day-to-day basis, He makes sure that all the things that we need we get, but stress-free. No anxiety. That's what, that's what it says in, the, in, I think it's Luke 9, I think it is. Somewhere in there. All the things we need, he knows we have need of. And if we seek his way of thinking and operating, he makes sure those things come our way, but without stress. Most people that have things are stressed to the max. Everybody say this after me. Things are great. Amen. Because he said things are great. Stuff is great. Being wealthy is great. Having things, being able to be a blessing in every good work, it's great, it's great. But not with the stress. So you have to learn how to do it and accomplish it God's way. And so, 
after he said all that in verse 31, I'm just going to, for the sake of time, I want to jump down because I want to look at verse 33. But verse 31 says, he gives you the answer how to live a life where all the things in life are taken care of, but free of stress. Verse 31 says it. Therefore, do not worry saying, what am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What am I going to wear? How am I going to pay this bill? What am I going to do about this? What about the future? Oh my gosh. For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows you have need of all these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all the things will be added to you. Listen to verse 33 in the Amplified. But seek, aim at, strive after, first of all, his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. Notice that he said his way of being right. So there's other ways that we think we're right, but we're not right. Did you hear me? We think we're right, but we're not right. And the reason we're not right is because we're not thinking like Him because we don't and haven't developed a daily routine in God's Word, learning from His Word as it renews our mind thinking like Him, and then doing like Him. I need to be a doer of the way He thinks. I need to think like Him, and then I need to do things the way He would think and then do. Righteousness it is, is not something beyond our ability to accomplish. It seems like a big word. It seems like a heavy word. It seems like, you know, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ, and, you know, and, and, and I've got to be a doer of the word. I've got to, like, I have to do these things. But you do what's right when you know what right is, and then you develop a desire to do right instead of wrong. The thing that keeps us from doing right on a day-to-day basis is pride. Because we think we know better. You can call it whatever you want. It's just the way it is. And that's why in God, that's why He said, old things are passed away. Like, your way of thinking before you walked in here this morning (laughs) can be passed away if you view it that way, and new things can begin to happen. Because it's just what you heard today. Thing about it is, it doesn't change things overnight necessarily unless you choose to do it. Many times, our chooser has to be developed to the point that we become convinced that this really works. 
especially when your life is full of you being confident in yourself. It's amazing to me sometimes how confident that people can be in themselves and their mistakes and keep doing them. Maybe a different style, maybe tweak it a little bit here and there, but it keeps producing the same end results. Why would we keep doing that? I've asked myself that question at different times in my own life. Why, why would you keep doing the same thing? Because you're not valuing and pressing in to the way God thinks. You're trying to figure it out yourself. It never works. <clears throat> if you have a daily routine <clears throat> and you're confessing every single day two things, these two pieces of Scripture, Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How many have ever said those things before? You've, you, raise your hand. Everybody in the house, raise your hand if you've ever said that before out of your mouth. Okay. So the majority of us. So don't you think you know exactly what that means? Right? Okay. So why would I need to spend any more time saying that on a daily basis? Okay, greater is he that's in me than he is in the world. You know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Okay. Why, why would I keep saying that? Well, the attitude that I j just spoke out of is an attitude of pride. And it's an attitude of being ashamed of the gospel, not valuing the power of the spoken word. Here in Matthew, he gave us the way out of being under stress and pressure about the things of life. Don't worry, say. So instead of not speaking worrisome words and 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 speaking thoughts of worry and stress and anxiety, I need to be speaking what he says is so. How many times in your life have you used greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world and you used it in a situation that was like coming against you and you were feeling overwhelmed and all of a sudden out of the inside of you. I can't tell you how many times I've used it. But you know why I use it? Because I say it every day, and I have for at least 25 years. Those two declarations, I've said at least 25 years every single day. I mean, surely I missed, somewhere, somewhere, I missed it somewhere. But why would I want to miss it? Because I value it. And when I'm saying that, what I'm declaring is what's right in Him. I'm declaring what he says is right. So something's coming at me. It's trying to overwhelm me. You, you, you realize what we're talking about concerning the righteousness of God doesn't liberate us and free us from stressful, pressure situations in life. Actually, it seems like sometimes more of them come. Because all of a sudden, 
When you begin to be a doer of the word, you got a bullseye on you. The enemy all of a sudden is paying attention because all he doesn't want in life is for you to be victorious and have a testimony that God's word works. He doesn't want it. He doesn't care whether you go to heaven or hell. He just doesn't want you to be victorious here. He wants you to be miserable in this life. That's why Jesus wrote all this stuff to us. Can't tell you how many times I've had situations trying to overtake me. Whoa, 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 wait. Father, I thank you today. Your word says in 1 John 4, 4. I mean, putting scripture out there, you know. You don't have to try to impress other people with how you can quote scripture. Don't do that. I'm talking about when it's you. And you're, you're coming against those principalities and power. Father, you said in your word, 1 John 4, 4, you said. You said for us to put you in remembrance of your word. You said in your word that Jesus, the Holy Spirit, is the greater when he lives in me. And what's in me is greater than what I face in the world. I thank you, Lord, that through this situation, I can do all things through what Jesus paid for at Calvary. What he paid for was my righteousness. Now I have the right to put demands on what God says is so. But if I don't see myself in that position, and I don't see myself operating that way, and I don't value the Word of God, and I'm ashamed of spending time, you see how people could almost be ashamed? Man, I don't want people to know I'm confessing the Word every day. And Man, I do. I mean, I don't care whether people know or not. I don't care if people hear me or not. I don't care when I'm driving down the road because I've memorized so much of it. I'm just driving down the road. They just think either I'm on the phone or he's talking to himself. Both. I'm on the phone to God and I'm talking to myself. I'm speaking to myself. Because what I'm speaking is what is right. Paul said I'm not ashamed of what is right. For in it, what's right is revealed to me day to day. That's why we can't stop. And that's why in in these faith journeys, you come across times where it seems like this doesn't work. But it does every single time. How many enjoyed, how many, well, the women enjoyed the testimony of Sarah Dunning about where Lee is today. Stand up, Lee. There's the results today of what the Word produces. Amen? What the Word produces. And is Alyssa here today? Oh, there she is back there. Stand up, Alyssa. And and there's what the Word produces there too, right? What what great testimonies of of what what righteousness produces. Uh, my wife said she was standing up here after that testimony, and she, she kept saying, we, we said all the time, wake up, Alyssa, wake up, wake up. We kept declaring that, wake up, come alive. Do you find in Scripture where somebody told somebody to wake up? Yeah, about th- th- four times. They woke up. Because we know it's right for somebody not to be taken out prematurely. Has that happened? Yeah, I know people, friends, family, different ones. People have left here prematurely. But does that change the word? 
It can't. It can't change. I'm not saying don't have compassion for people. I'm not saying don't do whatever need. If something's happened and it's over with, show all the compassion, the love, everything. But that doesn't mean in what we face in the future, I'm giving in because something happened to someone else. That's being ashamed of the gospel. You ever been in a hospital? There's... In, in, in the hospital world, there's great nurses and there are great doctors. But in the hospital world, like in any other world, I'm just using this as an example, there are doctors and nurses that don't like people that want to disrupt what they're doing um, in the name of Christianity. There are a lot of doctors and a lot of nurses because we've had them. I know them. I have great, great health care professionals in our life that love God with all their heart. I'm not saying that about, I'm not against that profession. I thank God for that profession all, all the way. You understand what I'm saying? But there are people that don't like that. And you know why? Because they don't understand it. Right? Don't be mad at them. But that's not going to change. And I've done this many times in hospital situations if God's telling me to do something, I have to do it. They can throw me in jail, do it. I, I don't care, what, whatever they got to do. But if, but if my father's telling me to do something on behalf of someone else, then I have to do it. Did you hear what I said? But don't be mad at them if they don't like what you're doing. Don't, get, don't turn on them because they're doing what they're supposed to do. they got rules, regulations, and all that kind of thing. But there's a law and, 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 a, and a voice that supersedes any other voice when God's telling you to fight for the life of someone else because I value what the Word says over anybody else. I don't care what anybody else thinks when Daddy's told me to do something. Like today, man, this was hard to bring this message. Man, I had mine, and it's not mine. He gave it to me, and it, it'll set. But I know there's times he wants me to do what he said. Ooh, he wants me to do what he said. Man, he wants me to do what he said. So in, in other maybe kind of insignificant times and situations when he's wanting me to do something, just because he said, I'll do it. I can't tell you. As I'm preaching this word today, whether you liked it or not, how, how much I know it was right. And, 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 and you don't need to tell me that. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? I just know that it was right because I got it from him. And that's what you and I have to be so involved in day to day. Embracing, receiving, learning, and doing what's right. Every single day, what is right? But just agree with me right now. I have one more passage of Scripture, and I'm remembering where it is. I do. Right there, huh? I have one more passage. And it's going to bring it to conclusion. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Second Timothy, chapter three. Second 
Timothy. Chapter 3. I can't tell you how grateful that I am for this, these two verses of Scripture right here. Wow. Verse 16 in, in 2 Timothy 3 and 16 and 17. <sighs> and the reason I appreciate these two verses of Scripture because you know Everybody's got a different background, place that they've come from. And you don't know the things that you went through in life that affected the way you think. You, you, you're not realizing, you, you know, if, if I said, so, so where'd you come from and what was your past? And you could tell me the different things that you went through and all. But you don't know, really, the depth of how where you came from affected you either positive or negative. I'll just use myself for an example. You know, I mean, my parents were together till I was about nine years old. And at nine years old, my parents separated. A few years later, they divorced. But they were separated from the time I was nine years old. And... Um, what I didn't realize was, I mean, I was taken care of. I mean, when I hear some of the stories of some of the things that people have gone through in life, I mean, mine seems like Disneyland, you know? I mean, but what happened to me when my parents separated and then divorced is that I went into survival mode. Well, at 9, 10, 11 years old, you don't know you're going into survival mode, but you do. I lived with my dad. My dad was a golf professional. I played golf, so I stayed with him. But he traveled all the time. And he was gone so much of the time, and so I stayed with a lot of his team players. He was a golf pro and a golf coach. Uh, and, and some of the players that didn't travel on his team, I'd stay with them, you know? And I, man, I was living the I was living the good life. I was with all the college guys at 10, 11, 12, 13 years old. But actually, I was in survival mode. And it got deeper and stronger. And then at 18 years old, I accepted Jesus as my Savior. But the fact that I accepted Jesus as my Savior didn't change anything. I got born again, but it didn't change the way I thought. You can be born again and be kind of some of the meanest dang people on the planet. I'm telling you. In most situations in the past, when I did business with people, I got to the point where I was looking for people that were unsaved, with had a few little morals or something, than to do business with saved people when I was in the business world and working. And maybe that's not the way it is everywhere, but it was in a lot of cases that I was in. I mean, Christians are meaner than a snake. Why? Because they're not renewed. Unrenewed in their mind. You ever said this out of your mouth to somebody? I thought you were a Christian. I thought you were a Christian. How can you act like that? Unrenewed. 
The Bible's clear on it. Saved but unrenewed. And that's where I was in survival mode trying to protect myself. So in those times, you grow up, you're born again, but you're afraid of authority. You're afraid of correction. You're afraid of doctrinal things that kind of put you in a box or try to build boundaries and things that really are, are, are safety knots or nets for people's lives. But you don't view them that way because of the way you think. So everything we've talked about today concerning the righteousness of God pretty much are summed up in these two verses of Scripture. And today, for whatever reason I preach this word, I encourage you, each and every one of you, especially people that I feel like this was for, I mean, I don't know who it was for, but people that I preached it for or God wouldn't have laid this on my heart, or maybe it'll be for somebody that is listening to it, you know, out there. But whatever the case, these two verses of Scripture can challenge all of us today. And in verse 16, it says, all Scripture, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable, watch this, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. I'm going to say it like this today. The word that is profitable through the instruction of what's right brings doctrine, reproof, and correction in a way that it helps you, doesn't hurt you. See, there's no greater correction in the world than correction that comes from the Word of God by the Holy Spirit to you. No greater. You know, when you have to correct somebody or you correct your children or whatever, it's all great. But it's really great when your children grow up and they can hear the voice of God for themselves. And the Holy Spirit says, you know what? This is what I want. And they do it because they have the Word. Because... Verse 17 says that this scripture, this word, this righteousness is so that every man or woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Why? How can that be? Because you're already complete spiritually. You're already the righteousness of God. You're not going to be the righteousness of God. You already are. But that righteousness doesn't kick in and become a part of our life where our thinking is concerned if we don't value the Word of God. If we don't allow the Scripture to become a part of us, to correct us, reprove us, to instruct us in righteousness, what is the right thing to do? What is the right thing to do in every relationship that you have with people? What's the right thing? What is the right thing to do in every issue that comes at you where you have the potential to react in a negative way versus reacting in a positive way? What empowers you to make the right choice? It's valuing the scripture, making it a part of your life, creating a daily routine that you'll never stop with because he said, God wants you complete, 
and thoroughly equipped in every good work in this life. I already have it all. Just like when a child is conceived in a woman's womb, when the moment the child is conceived, okay, I mean, maybe you don't believe this or you've heard other reports or whatever, but the moment that a child is conceived, it's complete. That very moment, it's complete. The moment you get born again, you're complete. The moment you get born again, you are complete. You're the righteousness of God. You're, you're, you're complete in every way, spiritually speaking. See, that's the second birth. The first birth, the moment you're conceived naturally in the flesh, you're complete. The moment you get born again, complete. First birth, second birth. Right? And in the womb, naturally, you develop. You develop. You get stronger. You get bigger. Parts begin to develop more and more, but you were all, they were already there at conception. The moment you get born again, totally complete. You get into the Word, you come to church, you hear the Word preached, you take the Word, you do something with it, you make it your own, you make it a part of you, you begin to develop, 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 develop. There's the picture. That's who we are. That's what God created us to be, to be thoroughly equipped for every good work on this planet. So, you're already complete. You already got all the goods. All you got to do is just be faithful every day. Just faithful to do. Faithful to hear. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the word. Faithful to hear the word of God. Faithful to hear it from in here, from him. Faithful to hear and then do what you know God is wanting you to do. And the more you develop that, that faith-to-faith life and experience, it'll produce all the results that you're looking for in life. It's win-win for us. But you know whose choice it is? Mine. It's mine. God already made his choice. What was his choice? Me. (laughs) I mean, I can't say that for you. He did choose you, but I can't say that for you. You got to say, he chose me. He did his part. Now I've got to choose him every day. That's my part.